from Kalalu Studios in New York City. You are listening to Let's Take It Offline with your host, Kishana Palmer. Hey, Fab Crew. You're listening to Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders. Part inspiration, part set down. Let's have a conversation. Here's where you'll find the real deal about living well and leading well. I'm Kishana Palmer, your host and resident leadership whiz. What happened in the meeting after the meeting? We talk about it all on Let's Take This Offline. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. Jerese McNair-Edens is a conscious thought leader and intuitive advisor. She is known for teaching, leading, and guiding women to their own desired level of contentment, confidence, and bliss. She is a former English teacher turned serial entrepreneur, and in 2017, created a successful collaborative workspace and community hub in Springfield, Illinois. After the opening of TKL, she explored other creative outlets such as writing and coaching. She enjoys things that bring her and others joy, and she wants to share joy with the world. Therese does several things to cultivate bliss for herself, from hosting personal growth classes to doing Zumba in her living room. She hopes to help women cultivate the same joy in their own lives. She speaks to over 100 women and a few good men daily in her tribe. She currently resides in Hawaii with her family. Hey y'all, what's up? It's your girl Kashana, and I am back for another episode of Let's Take This Offline, a podcast for everyday leaders. And I could not be more excited for the guest that I convinced <laughs> to join me today. Jerise, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. Well, listen, you know, you and I go together. We've gone back a long time. And so when I thought about who I wanted to come on and talk about everyday leaders and what we need to be thinking about right now, I could, I didn't even have to look very far. I just turned my head a little bit, like just a quarter inch to the right. And um, I didn't even have to stumble on it. I was hit with (laughs) your practice of leading with joy, which is what we're going to talk about today. So let's jump into it, shall we? So listen. Yes, yes, let's do it. We are multi-hyphenate entrepreneurs. (laughs) Yes. Okay, we're multi-hyphenates, period. Okay, we do do lots of things. We are mamas, okay? Mm -hmm. We are creators. You know, we are teachers. I I think I told you this a long time ago that um, when I took my who do you want to be when you grow up test in my 20s, it told me I should either be a fundraiser or a teacher, I was already a fundraiser at the time. And so what was left to do, but what I wanted to do my whole life, teach. Okay. <laughs> and you have had a heck of a career also as an educator and continue to be an educator. You have all the things. So how did you get into your work? How did you get into talking to folks about leading with joy? Um, well, yes, I am the teacher of all teachers, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, Now listen, when I filled out my paperwork for what I wanted to be when I grew up, it was a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. It was not a teacher. (laughs) No. Why did I not know that? Totally wanted to be a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, right? 
okay, really realized I just like music, but um, started you teaching. Moves, though, I have to tell you. Right. Started <laughs> teaching a long time ago, was teaching for about 10 years, decided to get out of teaching and do educational advocacy. Ooh, um, now what made you make that switch? Because I know that there are a lot of folks who I know who start out in the classroom and for one reason or another move into some other aspect of the work. And it's always with a good reason. Um, initially, I really loved being in the classroom and then realized that moving into administration would mean that I would not be able to touch the students as much. Mm. And I definitely wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't be their biggest cheerleader. Okay, so I guess cheerleading is really a thing, right? So well, you didn't know that that's what you were going to end up being for your whole life was. For my whole life. So I'm a cheerleader. That's I'm a cheerleader. advocacy is cheerleading, that's right? It, that's it. So um, the classroom and administration kind of go hand in hand, especially for like just traditional yeah. educators. And I just thought, okay, I don't think I'm supposed to be an administrator. And so leaving the classroom kind of led me into educational advocacy because I was a parent in a large city in Nashville, Tennessee, and was really kind of like, okay, I want to help students and parents and educators at the same time. And that's what educational advocacy is about. It's really about like bringing everybody together. So I love that. I love that. And I feel like you have not stopped bringing folks together, you know, and what are some of the ways that you have found that have been successful? And when I say successful, I mean that you are able to build community where folks are activated in their community and in that community container that you build to do their best work. Um, Now, I will say that I... This kind of started because my first principal, okay, listen, she was one of the principals that were like, I'm not talking to you until I know that you're really like effective at what you do. So she's like, she was like looking at me and she, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. And then one day she walked in my classroom and she was like, oh my gosh, you do really great stuff in here. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Right. And so as I kind of grew as a teacher leader and then became like a, you know, a school leader, mm-hmm. right? And then it turned into community leader. I realized, mm-hmm. oh man, I might have these skills that bring people together, that connect people, right? I have this uncanny ability to build trust. I have empathy. Yeah. I give lots of grace. Like, I'm like, hey, it's okay if you're not here when you, it's all right. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll figure it out, right? Um, and I'm realizing that zest is a big part of it. Ooh, ooh talk to me about zest. Cause you know, when folks are saying that you're a little zesty, you yes. know, I um, and I think this is my, um, counter word to feisty. Mm, I love that because people say, oh, you're language. a little feisty. Yeah. yeah you're a little and, feisty. And you know, and you're a little <laughs> yeah, I was an English teacher, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Copywriter. And so language matters to me. And I'm like, not yeah. quite, yeah, not feisty, but I am zesty. And zest plays a big part. It's that enthusiasm that comes from within that makes mm-hmm. people say, what is that? That you're like, mm-hmm. what are you tapping into? Mm-hmm. And that's really, that's the big connector. Like I really talk about the great eight soft skills for people who want to lead in 
uh, in a more informal way. Okay. They maybe so what is buttoned up. What's that about? Because I feel like many folks have been taught that there are but a couple of pathways to being a leader. And the pathway that has had the most prominence over time is, you know, there's talk about being authentic. There's talk about being inclusive. But what really tends to win the day is that authoritative, that, you know, straight down the road, that HOV lane to the goal type of leadership. And you call it what you want. It has lots of different words and names, but we sort of poo-pooed and kind of looked down at folks who were more informal. Think about it. Even from the perspective of the type of language that you use, if you're more colloquial and less formal, if your lexicon is a little bit different than someone else's, if you don't fall within what folks have deemed to be leadership um, and to be leader material, then that you're, you, you have to fight a little bit harder to be seen as a leader. But there's not one way. There's always another way. And you have another way. So talk to me about this great eight, because I feel like this is this is the this is the business. Give us a little taste of the great eight. Okay, so I consider what you consider um, HOV lane, very traditional, conventional. I call that performative leadership. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's where we look the part, we sound the part, we follow the guidelines that are set forth in the textbook. <laughs> you know, when you get your master's degree and they tell you all of these things you should be doing in leadership. Right. And authentic and organic leadership starts with your soft skills more than your knowledge, because we know people are knowledgeable. We're in the area. We're in the time of so much knowledge available everywhere. So we're looking at what are those eight great skills, soft skills that you need in order to bring people together and they actually do something versus just sitting at the table they decide to get up from the table and do something. We always want to mm-hmm. sit at the table. But what happens when we're just sitting at the table and nothing gets done? Just sitting, just sitting, just, just looking. Just sitting over oh, here. Though. We're like, oh, yeah, we're I want to sit at the table. And I'm like, but what happens when it's time to get up from the table? Then what? Then what? Then we're looking at our leaders like, oh my gosh, you aren't leading them well. And I find that Having the great eight, having empathy, okay, bringing fun to the table, having um, social and emotional intelligence, having adaptability, yeah, right, um, having compassion and mm-hmm. radical honesty, where you can sit at the table and say, "This is not working." Ooh, time out. Yes saying, I really want what works for this team. I really want what works for this organization. Yes. And this isn't it. Mm -mm. Let's start over. Or even asking your team, would you like a round table instead of this long one? Because that sets up the dynamic a little bit differently, right? That's That's bringing folks together as opposed to giving folks a visual hierarchy. Yes. And, and, Figuratively, it's that thing that says, do we want to like make this a circular conversation mm-hmm. or do we want really sharp corners? Ah, because in traditional okay. leadership, it's sharp corners. It's do this, go there, stop right there. 
don't do this. In circular leadership, it's let's try and see how it works. If it doesn't work, we'll try something else. And that's the adaptability that you bring in those great eight soft skills where you go, okay, something feels funny here. Okay, <laughs> emotional intelligence, something feels yes. funny. Are we all okay funny. today? Mm-hmm. Take right? a beat, take a beat. Okay. But no, so many leaders are, but think about it. And one of the things that I've noticed over the course of the last 18 months is that there's been this tension and I believe in paradox. So I think two things, multiple things can be true. There's been this tension to slow down, mm-hmm. but also this tension for leaders to be decisive. Yes. And so that puts those two things immediately in conflict. You want me to slow down enough so you can listen, so we can understand, so we can learn. But it's also a situation where you want me to speed up, to get it done, to figure it out, to make a decision, to act so I can act. And that puts leaders in in a precarious situation. I think the juxtaposition of, you know, go and stop Mm-hmm. is often difficult for us to grasp because there's so many nuances. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. the idea of freedom, which is pretty much the opposite of being led, right? You're <laughs> like, we all want freedom, but we need somebody to lead us. And you're like, yes. wait, that's, that's the opposite. Word on <laughs> that doesn't really work. Right? Like, what is about... Um, Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, right. And so the That's idea right. of leaders being confident in their ability to release the reins yes. and say, what I'm doing here yes. is I am asking you guys to be responsible so that I can lose control. Ooh. I'm willing to, as a leader, to lose control. And lose control means to. Like, okay, you know what? I'm going to sit back on this one and I'm going to let my team do this. And that's me being decisive. The decision to release. Yes, the decision to release. That is being decisive to say, I brought you guys here and I know you have the skill set, you have the mindset, yes, you have the, the leadership ability. You have the execution ability to do yeah. this. And so I'm letting, I'm going to let you guys do that. Yeah, that is so powerful. I'm sitting with that because I think that when I talk with many of the leaders that I coach um, and when I do facilitated learning experiences with like executive teams, what I feel palpably is my heart racing and their heart racing. And so a lot of the exercises I got to bring into that space are to slow us down and to be able to sit. And I remember recently feeling like, y'all, the energy in here is so high octane, but it's not high octane in, in a creative space. It's not mm-hmm. even high octane in an anticipatory space. It's just anxious. Yeah. And that's how do we dial that down? Because we have to look at, I always talk, I always talk about debt. Versus mm. the breadth, right? We always want to see how far we can go, the, the breadth of it, right? Ooh. And we don't look at how deep we can go. What about the depth of it? Okay. When I was a teacher, I used to always say, listen, you guys, I'm not here to teach you every book in canon. 
That's absolutely not possible. But I am going to teach you how to go so deep in five or six novels that you could go to college and they're like, well, how do you know all of that? How do you know that already? That inquiry, that investigation, that curiosity, that thinking, that, uh, that being able to actually assess and interpret. Yes. And as leaders, we should, we should look at our year long goals. We should look at our full calendar Mm -hmm. and say, are we looking at breadth here? Are we looking at how much we're trying to get done? Are we looking at the depth of what we're doing? Do we want to touch 20 projects or do we want to touch three projects to the like deepest level? Yeah. Right. Do we want kiddie pool or do we want Olympic sized pool? Listen, listen, that, that is literally one of my favorite analogies. What I talk about when folks are trying to bring on teams and they're thinking about their candidate pool. And I say, you, I don't listen. When I was a kid, I used to splash around my grandma's driveway. We had a concrete driveway. We didn't have a pool, but we did have this plastic kiddie pool that me and my cousins used to kick around in. Okay. We don't need a kiddie pool, Jerez. Okay. We need an Olympic size pool of amazing people that yes, are out and there. And that's the work we're doing. We're doing work that is work that is deep work. Deep. Right. And when deep. you do work that is deep, you have to lead with joy. There's nowhere else to lead from. Because what, what are people actually leading from now? What have they been rewarded? What have leaders to this point been rewarded for leading with? Um, definitely leading with um, fear. Mm. Okay. We've been rewarded for having um, frightened team members. Okay. Um, I remember as a teacher, it used to be a thing, like, if your students were silent, you were a great teacher. Well, no, that just means they're scared of you. Mm -hmm. And it may look great from the outside. Oh, that classroom is like... They're focused. They're learning. And guess what? The students walk out and say, I hate that classroom. Mm -hmm. That classroom sucks. And I don't learn anything from there. I don't know what to tell you, but I don't like that. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Same concept with leadership. When you have that leader that leads with fear, that instills, okay, the moment that this may be over for you. Yeah. Oh, right. I, you know, well, I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah. well, I'm not sure about that. Well, you said. Exactly. And guess what? Your, your evaluation is coming soon. Oh, that hurts my stomach. Why do we do that? Right. Well, we get rewarded for it. Right, you get rewarded. rewarded in downsizing. Now it's not called that, Drew. You know, right siding, uh, right okay. siding. Okay, and uh, we <laughs> reorganization and right siding. Mm-hmm. Oh, the catchphrase. Um, there's a reward in in cost savings, and what people are not expenses. We're investments, and if you're yeah. going to be a people powered organization, company unit, you've got to start thinking about your people from that perspective, and. Many of us were taught not to bring in emotion into the workplace. So you talk about joy. That sounds almost Listen, because guess what? We've been leading from fear. We've been leading from numbers, but we don't want to talk about retention numbers. We don't want to talk about turnover numbers. Talk about it. Talk about it. We don't want to talk about your joy gap, according to Harvard Business Review, is 53%, because 90% of the people expect to experience joy at work. 
Come on. And only 47% of them actually do. That's a heck of a joy gap. Mm-hmm. There we go. Because guess what? They came to you because you said that they were going to enjoy working here. It's only an to find out. Place. Yeah. Only to find out that, oh, this is this is fear. Yeah. Oh, this is only about numbers and not about people. Yeah. Interesting. Right. And so as leaders, we have to know that if we can come to the table, if we can come to the meeting, if we can come to the Zoom with that joy, with that internal excitement about what we're doing, we can ultimately spread that out to everyone else. And then they are they are doing what they have been hired to do, been taught mm-hmm. to do, they've been doing by experience. They do that with that same internal energy. Woo. And you've got to model that. And I think a lot of times we forget when we're in the thick of it that our team members are watching. And y'all, our team members are also at the house. I just want you to know. They're also in our social circles. <laughs> mm-hmm. You play on many teams. You might be assistant captain on one and captain of another. Be clear, right, Therese? Yes. But like you have to, it starts with you. So my curiosity is how does an everyday leader who's like, look, I don't have time to go to 97-11 professional development classes, get two more degrees and anything else. And I am drowning mm-hmm. in my own goals that I have to make as an individual contributor. And yes. then I got to turn around and lead people to what? And manage people every day. Okay. Where, where do I start? Um, <clears throat> I think you start honestly with personal growth. Okay? Mm. You have to start with your own personal joy. All right. I always use the analogy of a sun of the sun. Okay. You're the center mm-hmm. of the sun. All right. And all of these rays are coming out from you. Yeah. In your personal life, because to be honest, as a leader, what how you're living personally. OK, when you're living well, you can lead well. Come on. <laughs> you right? Hello. Welcome. 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 <laughs> so it starts with personal growth. What am I doing in my personal life to awaken joy within me? Woo, hold on, pause. Y'all, what are you doing in your personal life right now to awaken joy? I want y'all to go get a sticky note. If you drive and listen to this in your car, if you're watching this right now, get get something and write what write what comes to your mind, Teresa. Because I know for a lot of folks, the answer is nothing. Nothing. I don't know. When was the last time? Because it it me. It was me. And you've got to be intentional about accessing that every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because who we are is what we bring. Yes. Okay. Who we are is what we bring. And so if we if we don't bring any joy, then how do we expect anybody else to you know, smile when it's time for the meeting or, you know, be ready. Because joy is not always, um, I always say, it's not always laughter. Ooh, All right. Okay. Joy is not always laughter. Joy is the 
the ability to keep going. Okay. I don't like to use the word resilience because there's a pain in resilience. There's a yeah, pain yeah, in resilience. Yeah. We don't talk about it enough. The pain of resilience. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's not the act of resilience. It's not the act of feeling the pain and continuing to push through the pain because that's what I call resilience to yeah. feel the pain and push through the pain. Joy is to know that you're going to meet adversity and keep going. Mm. It's like, I see you. Uh, yeah. I raised you one. <laughs> you know, you know, that's, right? it. that's it. It's the concept of coming in as a leader, knowing for sure we have a huge project. We have something big going on. Yeah. But I'm coming here with you guys filled with the excitement that we can do this, even if there is adversity. And joy looks different for different people, right? Because yeah. your point, I love that. Joy doesn't always have to be laughter. There's some folks that just come with that quiet energy. They come with yeah. that calm. You come with that. You come and I know you also can be bubbly over the moon. So let's let's not pretend that we are not multidimensional folks, right? But yeah. there's some folks who, when they come into a room, the whole, your heartbeat just slows immediately. There's a joy in that because that's, everything's going to be all right. That's mm-hmm. that energy. And that is joyful. And then there are folks who come into the room and you're like, hey, it's a party, it's a party, it's a party, it's a party, no matter what they're doing. Yeah, it is a joy spectrum for sure. Come on. Oh, I love that, Jerisa. Okay. A joy spectrum from contentment. There's a joy in contentment. I'm sitting here. I have my coffee. Everything is not great, but I'm also not, you know, hitting the fire alarm like, oh, my gosh, I need, you know, I need emergency medical assistance. Right. And then there's on the other end of the spectrum is that um, what I like to call um, ignited joy. All right. It's where you're like, you guys are celebratory. You're excited. You've reached the goal. And that's what we mean when we say leading with joy. I want you to lead at the beginning of that spectrum, the contentment. And once you reach your goal, you guys can ignite. You can have ignited joy where you're celebratory. And you guys are hanging out as a team and, you know, you're popping bottles at your thing. Right. Hey. You're <laughs> right. okay. like, can I get an extra shot in my coffee? Okay. Yes. And that's it. You know, you kind of go from contentment to awakening joy to um, steady, sustainable joy. That's the joy where you go. It's Wednesday. I'm getting up again. It's Thursday. I'm getting up again. Right. (laughs) And then Friday, you're kind of at the end of that spectrum and you're like, oh, I love this. Like ignited joy. Right. And that's the spectrum. That's the spectrum. And I always like to tell, you know, um, business owners, especially with smaller teams. Okay, when you're a business owner and you have five to 15 people on your team, which means that you fit like you touch them personally. Yes. It's not an email that trickled down. (laughs) They actually know (laughs) you. They got posted on the internet. (laughs) Right. And it's not like, oh, we see the CEO once a year (laughs) or we see, you know, we see our leadership team. No, like they know you. You have to bring all of those elements of joy. Right. Right Into the space. That's right. That's because right. the atmosphere is based on your joy. 
you literally, I mean, I'm speechless for a second because I'm like, wait a minute, particularly in that example, it is the basis for your company culture. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's why you have to look at it and you have to go, what do I want my company culture to be? Mm-hmm. What, are, what, are, what are the values that I am leading this company with? Whether I founded this company from the ground up or I was brought here, right? Mm-hmm. What values? Is joy a value? You know, we talk integrity and we talk respect, right? Mm-hmm. And we talk ethics. Great, wonderful. Yeah. But it's joy. What about the culture though? What about the atmosphere? Do people walk in and go, ooh, this is interesting? Or do they Correct. walk in and go, this is this is really interesting. I like this. I like this. Exactly. And I think that's so true. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back in a few. We have all been there. Losing a team member is like throwing money in the trash and putting it outside for pickup. In fact, according to my most recent deep dive on these internet streets, according to the research, you can lose up to $200,000 in revenue and a lot of time when you don't make a great hire and your team members, well, they leave. So how do you find amazing talent and create the conditions for them to stick? If you've ever had a hard time hanging on to your team, you're looking for new strategies to help your team grow, or you're ready to level up as a manager and leader, then I have something for you. Sticky Teams, a private podcast just for everyday leaders, people managers, business owners, and folks who are looking to do talent management right so that you can recruit, retain, and develop great employees. I'm going to help you keep them engaged and make sure all of this aligns with the strategy and goals of your organization. The days of hiring and firing, of finding them and losing them, are gone. Dig on in to Sticky Teams over at Kashanaco.com. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. Now, let's head back to Let's Take This Offline. One of the things that was really important to me and a lesson learned, so this I didn't have company values that were stated a year and a half ago. I didn't. I had contractors. I had folks who came in and out doing their own thing. I worked Mm -hmm. with good people, right? Like that was a, to be like, what was the common throughput? They were really great, crazy smart folks that I had fun working with. So then what became one of my company values when I sat down to think about what needs to be a mainstay of everything we do? If it's not fun, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. Rap. Now, fun doesn't mean that it's not challenging. Yeah. Fun doesn't mean it's not going to have hiccups. Yeah. Fun doesn't mean it's not complex or any of the things that go into doing actual work. 
But if it's not fun, then the homies don't want none. Like that is exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, yes. You no. Know? Right. Because guess what? I love those. I love the connection between those two three letter words. Mm-hmm. All right. When you come with joy, the outcome is fun. Look at that. Okay. When you come in with joy, the outcome is fun, even if it's challenging. Right? We watch people, you know, on TV, they're climbing the wall and jumping through the tires and, right? Yeah, 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 you know, it's I'm like, sorry. oh, I'm a gladiator, I'm a warrior. And they go in it with the joy of, it's going to be challenging, but it's going to be, listen, the outcome is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. That's so right? true. That is so true. <laughs> and that's what leading with joy is really about. It's really about you coming with that internal energy. It starts with you, okay? It leads right into your values. Yeah. Right, I value radical, yeah. I value radical honesty. As a leader, you can come and say, this is not really what I expected for it to be. And radical honesty does not mean disrespect. It just means- people get that confused. They I'm just you. telling you the truth. Yeah. It's just how truth. I am. I just needed you to know. Dries, what is what is challenging about those types of statements? Um, what's challenging is that we don't quite understand the difference between um, force and um, assertiveness. Yes. Right. Um, To have to kind of bring those statements to the table where you say, this is just who I am. I'm keeping it real. Right. Um, I just got to say it like it is. No, that's called forceful. And force is often met with force. Yes, absolutely. And so what we're looking for is for people to be assertive in their ability. Now, does, does that come with trust? Absolutely. Yes. All right. Okay. A leader would definitely have to have built trust with their team, um, with their uh, leadership um, organization to be able to say, okay, these people trust me enough. They trust me enough, right? Mm -hmm. To come to me and assertively let me know that something's not going the way they expected. All right. Now, the truth is, is that if you are a leader and you're leading with joy, the standards are already set. So set. your folk really should already know. Right. Because expectations lead to disappointment. And when someone comes and joins your team and they have expectations that you're going to um, have an open door policy, you're going to, you know, lead with transparency. Right. You're going to encourage um and i like to call it family centering more than work-life balance because there's no such like thing that. as work right work-life wow. balance really isn't a thing i'm here about the um, pendulum <laughs> yes family centered right family. we like to have family centering where hey we already know that your family is what keeps you grounded and so we want you to put them first yeah and then what you do for us as a team comes next comes next 
right? Because if you do all that stuff at home and you feel good about home, that's what, you know, it kind of circles back to personal growth. When you get to where you need to be personally, you can come in and work. You can come in yeah. and do what you need to do. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you can't do that if you're, you know, number one, if your leadership says, hey, I'm going to leave from fear. Right? Yeah. I'm going to leave from numbers. <laughs> Right. I'm going to lead from micromanagement. Yeah. I'm going to lead from mistrust. Yeah. Or distrust. Yeah. Distrust. Or I'm going to lead from disrespect as the leader. I'm going to demand respect from you, but I'm going to disrespect you in the process. Yikes. Which happens so much. And, and it, lambasting your team members, talking about them on social. It just, and, and it's interesting because, you know, you and I live in this mashed up world of online entrepreneurship, folks who have small businesses, larger companies who bring us in. So we like, we, we it sort of feels like the twilight zone sometimes because yeah. you're like, which portal door did I go into today? <laughs> what slice of the internet we're on, you know? But when folks have been rewarded because they got receipts. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hello. When folks have been rewarded for that type of behavior, that attitude, that positioning on how they manage their teams, they lead their teams, they show up. How do you get folks to turn a corner and be like, there is another way, a healthier way, a way that has longevity? How do you get they to really do have to experience it? Ah, they have to experience a culture it. of joy. They have to experience it. Okay. Okay. Um, I remember being, I remember when I first started teaching, um, I had gotten some like old school teacher advice that I don't smile to Christmas, right? And I remember the first day, uh, I remember the first day I stood outside of that classroom and I slammed the door the first day. Okay. And I walked to the middle of the room and I told my students, I am not mean. I do not like slamming the door. I will never do that again. Please work with me here. I do not want to pretend like I am some iron fist. Like I want to write you up. I want to punish you. I don't want to punish you. I want none of those things. I want none of those things. I want us all to work together in harmony. (laughs) What was the reaction? And the reaction was, Oh my goodness, we can do that. Okay, what do you need us to do? Yeah. Right? And I was like, okay, I need you to do this. That is the same with leadership, okay? Instead of pretending that you're ready to slam the door and discipline and punish, right? And stand yeah. over, just come in leadership as a human. Coming I'm as coming a as human. a human. Learning just like you are. Right? I'm alongside, I'm alongside you. Yeah. Right? I just happen to have this leadership um, badge on, which means that if everything hits the fan, it comes back to the person with the badge. That's it. Right? But at the end of the day, I'm here beside you. And if you can, that's how you turn the corner by experiencing it yourself. Saying, I'm going to go in human. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go in with joy. And let's see if I can get joy out of this. I just think that is such a 
it's a humble, it's a hands open, right? Like it's a focused out, not focused in way of thinking about your team, thinking about your people, thinking about making sure folks have what they need to be successful. And it still gets you to goal, friends, right? Like you still will get to the goal, my friends. I promise you. Absolutely. I promise you. And when you get to the goal, your fingers won't be cramped from holding so tightly. You don't want the arthritis. No, I always say I remember. (laughs) Yes, you're in leadership with me. And so you know that these textbooks come out all the time, you know, and some years ago we were all leaning in. Remember that? Um, And I'm like, why? Why? Can we lean back, please? Right? I'm a fat, fat joke. Lean back. I lean back. Right? And some of our leaders need to have it. Like, like this is like what I call love and correction. Because some of our leaders need to have yes. a straight talking to. And I think that that's one of the things that I see a lot now. I mean, like more than anything, folks want to be called in because they like, I, I know I need to reprogram some things. I know my wiring... Mm-hmm is in there, but it might, uh, a switch here and a switch here might be off. I don't know where to begin. I know I might resist. And then, but I know there's something else. There's a hunger for it. And so it's so important as we're thinking about what a success looks like. To your point, it's not just the numbers. Numbers are important. You want to have a viable, healthy, thriving company. You want to have a high, you want to have a mission-focused organization, right? Whatever your product or services you're selling, if it is designed to impact people, places, or things, you mm-hmm. want it to be able to do those things. And yet you do not have to burn the people to get to the outcomes. No. And guess what? When you lead with joy, the numbers come and they're like astronomical. You're like, oh my gosh, how did we do this? It's because you took your, your eyes off the numbers and put it on the people. On the people. On the put people. Your eyes on the people. Mm. Get your eyes off the numbers. So, you know, the folks who hang out with us and listen to this podcast um, are in nonprofit work. They're in mm-hmm. for-profit work. Many folks are touching numbers. So fundraisers and salespeople and business development. So those are the folks who are like, Kashana, how do we do this thing? Are y'all listening? You can still get to the numbers. Hello, you heard it here first. Expert in the house by focusing on your number one asset, your people. The people. It's kind of like driving a car. Like when you get in your car, okay, you know that it's 120 on the dash. That's it. Right? That's when it. you turn the music up and you start driving, you don't really have to look at the numbers no. to know when you're hitting 50 and when you you're know. at 60 and when it feels like the pedal is at 80. You're like, ooh, you know ooh. I feel it. Rush. Yeah, we're driving a little faster here, right? Hey, hey. You don't have to keep looking down and like, oh, no. 82. Oh, 84. Nope. That's what happens. That's how you end up with the blue lights behind you and you're like, oh, I was Wait a minute. 100? Wait right? a minute, sir. It's because you took your, num- your eyes off the numbers and you put your eyes on the joy, whether it was the music or the wind blowing mm-hmm. on your face or Ooh, that lane being it. open. Right? Mm. You took your eyes off the mm. number and now you're, you're hitting, you're hitting the, the goal and you're like, oh my goodness. How did we do that? How did we do that? I love that. I think that is such a, a refreshing just approach. And 
it's so simple is dumb. Like it's so simple is easy. Like it's so simple is hard. Sometimes folks are looking for the complex Rubik's cube, you know, labyrinth yeah. maze as a reason to not get started. Yeah. Cause they say like, listen, if it's difficult, then I'll have reason to procrastinate. Have reason to procrastinate. Woo! Right. And the truth is, is that it's not difficult. It's not difficult. It's new. Okay. We mix up difficult and new. Oh, we're like, oh, that's so difficult. That. And you're like, no, it's not difficult. It's, it's difficult. New. It's right? New. Yes. <laughs> it's new. <laughs> it's a new concept. Yeah. It's a new perspective. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yes. I love that. I used to always tell uh, my daughter that if you start out thinking a thing is hard, it already is. It already is. It already is. It doesn't matter what it is. It already is. If you've started with that in your mind. And so it doesn't mean something won't be challenging. But if you have started with, I think I got this. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to do this. Then. So that that's that hard part is really the decision to approach it with that feeling of victory. You know, like when I think oh, of describing with the joy aspect, that victory, that success, that pleasure. You know, yeah. and that especially we talked about the contentment all the way to the celebration. That C to C. Ooh, yeah. not B to B, Jerese, not B to B, B to C. Come on. Did I make you proud? 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 Listen, <laughs> I get to be friends with some of the best writers in the game. I mean, pen yeah. to paper. I have, and I, Dries knows this. I have told her straight out. I quoted you in a in a session today. Uh-huh. Um, we don't believe in attribution. <laughs> I quoted you in the session. My favorite one, this is a sidebar, y'all, and we're going to jump into our high topic. So my favorite thing that Dries has ever said and or written is about the difference between uh, your gift, your, wait, hold on, your gift, your skill, I'm missing one. Dries, oh my God, it's going to come to me. Your talent and your skill. There you go. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. I got it. Gift, talent, and skill. Sorry, y'all. Y'all had a senior moment for a minute. <laughs> ladies of certain ages. We cute, though. We have good skin care. I told you to know. Um, and the reason that that stuck, stuck out to me, because it was such a simple way for me as a manager at that time, um, and now running my own company, to be able to get beyond the to-do list of a job description, because yes. I, I hate it. I hate it. And really understand where are folks living in their gifts, right? The things yes. that you're born and designed to do. Where are you living in your talent? And those are the things that come naturally to you. You can get paid to do it if yeah. you want to. You tell me. And then where are you living in your skills? And that's the thing that you learn to do. There you go. And you get paid to do it. And understanding those three modalities, woo, that may be nimble. And if you can get them to overlap, if you can find somebody whose gift and their talent, they're just really great at it. And then... Uh, and then they 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 hone the skill, which was also their gift and talent. Come on, now you when people talk about magic, that's magic. That's the magic. That's oh. the magic. Look, you see, do you see how my face got all excited and happy right. about it? Because literally, that was for me. That was the application of joy because I love managing people, and so being able to 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 action an idea in that way. Oh my gosh. So good. So you, you know, if you, if you think that, you know, my C to C, if that was a, if that was a word, I, I feel, I feel pleased. I feel pleased because you approve. Okay. So Dries, before we get out of here, cause you know, you and I could talk all day. Listen, y'all. Yes. I told Dries that we have some hot topics. And so here we go. What is your secret talent? 
Um, my secret talent is singing jingles. Like I sing jingles to my kids and like <laughs> get in the room. Hey, get in the room and get yes, the room. Hey, hey. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh, I need a jingle for every day of the week. I just want you to know. Yes, like like I sing kid. jingles all the time. I sing everything for my kids. Like get oh my in the gosh, car. I love that. I, I do <laughs> the things we do for our children, y'all. I just want you yeah. to know. Okay, what is your biggest pet peeve in leadership right now? Biggest pet peeve in leadership right now is probably flattery. Ooh, say more. What do you flattery mean? is a form of manipulation in which you say things that you don't really mean and hope that people will do what you want them to do. There really, you, you could just ask them to do it. Just say, do it. can you do this for me? Versus, oh my Ooh. gosh, you're so great at this. I can Never see request. it in you. Oh my <laughs> goodness, you're you're amazing. And then I go, can you write this 50-page paper for me? <laughs> I was like, is this the request? Is this the request? You could have just asked me that. You could. You really could have just asked. Yeah. I was talking about this the other day when I was like, you know, um, oftentimes I think that I am actually friends with folks and I realize, oh no, it's just social selling. You are not my friend. Yeah. You just be nice to me so you can sell me something. There you go. Yeah, Where's so flattery. And that kind of goes in there. That's the same thing. Yeah. I was like, yeah. it goes right up in there. What is keeping you up at night right now? Coffee. Right? Oh my gosh. Do you, are you affected by coffee? Because I drink it because it tastes like chocolate milk, but... Yeah, Um, coffee is keeping me up at night, but it's mostly keeping me up because um, there's so many things that I want to do. And so I drink the coffee too late to do the things I want to do. And then I'm up at night. Right. And so like, like, let me tell you, coffee is such a part of my life that I made it a part of my business. I'm like, oh, we can have a coffee and clarity session. Yes. Yes, Like. Right? I'm like, let's do nitro. Ooh, <laughs> like, listen, nitro would have me running around this house like I was having a revival. You hear me? Listen, <laughs> I might have called a whole thing like nitro empowerment. And people are like, really? Did you do you're that? Like, I'm like, yeah, yes, I you're did. Like, about coffee, though. <laughs> yeah, and cool. what is the song that's like your nitro? The song that's like my nitro. Right now, it's probably... Okay, I probably shouldn't be saying this. No, just say it. Do it. It's probably Chloe's Lord. <laughs> Lord have mercy right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe because like I'm the person who's like when I can like I can feel her joy from the song. She is literally listen. She's and out it's here not and it's not even like it's not optics. It's not how it looks. It's not quite the lyrics as much. It's just the feeling, the energy that's coming uh, from underneath yeah, it. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. And I'm an old school Christian girl. So yes. listen, listen, my mama would have never allowed that when at I was a kid. All. At, at all. At all. I was listening. Listen, I was the kid that was listening to the stuff on real low when you had the radio, but you would just like lean down, lay on the ground in your room and be like, nobody can hear it but me. That's how listen. I listened to all of my Wu-Tang and Onyx and all okay. of the things, the bushnickens, and you name it. That's that's how I, we, well, I'm aging. There, there you go. That's how that's how we had to get it. Okay, so yes. the, the, there's even a pleasure in that, right? That you're like, say <laughs> what you want, girl. Okay, Same. so that's probably that's probably the the song that's 
like when I, I hear it, it, like I literally like, like get this kind of yeah. Yes, and I, I want to. I want to finish a project or something. Yes, I love that so much. Oh my gosh, I love that. So listen, y'all, Therese, how can we stay in touch? Are you on the? Where do you hang out the most? Are you on the Facebooks? Are you on the Instagrams? Are you on the Twitter? So I'm going to put everything in the show notes, y'all, so you'll be able to just click right through and connect with Therese. But where do you okay. hang out the most? So, um, I am a Facebook girl. Okay. I love Facebook. So I am on, I'm on Facebook, Dries, yeah. like literally my name. Okay. Dries M. Edens, M-E-D. That's the public page. Um, you can at Dries is here. It's there. Um, I don't do Instagram as much, probably because I'm not really like a picture girl. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what if I post on here? <laughs> on here. Meanwhile, yeah. I have 48,265 pictures, but I don't, I still, they still live in the picture graveyard. See, but that's family. like your thing though. You're like so into pictures. I'm like always like, um, let me go see what Kishana's doing. <laughs> Her pictures are fabulous. <laughs> you know, people are like, every time there's like a post that's like, um, put up your selfie. I'm like, so about selfies, I don't take selfies. Actually, don't take selfies. My daughter has to take pictures of me because I'm like, what? Show me how to do it. So I always look like I'm. I look like I'm shook or running from the okay. law. Like, I always look that way. Um, okay, yeah. and I'm always like, okay. So Facebook is my thing. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm on LinkedIn sometimes, you know. Okay. Um, but because it's so performative and like formal, yeah. like we talked about in the beginning, I kind of like, oh. Nice. oh. I'm like, you guys, I don't have this. Listen, I'm not buttoned up. I'm not like, it, It's you know? definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing. Like, yeah. I've had to, so, had to figure out how to find my way in LinkedIn. I think I finally have, but I agree with you. Facebook um, is probably yeah. number one. Okay. And then LinkedIn is number two. And what else? That's probably I think it. that's great. And then I'll make yeah. sure we drop your, if, if y'all want to talk more about leading with joy, I'll make sure I drop Reese's information for getting a coffee, coffee and clarity session at the minimum with her um, so that you're able to start to figure this out. Because I definitely think that it's just a new way of stepping into um, your next season of leadership. And so, Dries, thank you so, so much for being in the studio. You are an amazing friend and just always pushing my thinking and just really making sure that as I think about how to help people live well and lead well, and we do that here on this podcast, that um, having folks like you um, in the inner circle is so powerful because this allows our listeners to be able to just have more tools to to use Thank y'all. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, if people <laughs> want to like reach out to me, let me know. Yeah, yeah um, everything's going to be in the show notes so that yeah, they'll be I, right to you. Absolutely. So, I love it. Like, Thank you, Brian. Thank you. All right, y'all. This is another great episode. I'm so glad that y'all hung in there. If you love what you heard, make sure you connect with Jerice and make sure you connect with me by subscribing, by forwarding this to a friend, and by making sure you let everybody know that Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders, is where you go when you want to talk about things that make you a more dialed in and leader. And we'll be back for another episode. And I'll talk to y'all real soon. Like what you heard and need a little bit more of this in your life? Well, I want you to head on over to Kish Camp, my virtual camp for stressed out managers 
who are looking to manage people better and lead with confidence. You can head over to Kish Camp at www.kishcamp.co.